This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate. I'm your host for today's program. You know, we all have teens in our lives, whether they are family members or children of friends. We've all been brokenhearted by the stories that we're hearing more and more frequently about depression and behaviors that sometimes follow, which sometimes even lead to death. We all want to help. We want to make a difference in the lives of these young people. Well, today we want to help parents to better understand some of the underlying causes of depression and then consider some helpful prevention measures from God's Word as well as practical helps from a professional counselor. We pray that you'll be encouraged. Our guest is Katherine Barner, a licensed professional counselor who has worked in both the secular and Christian sectors of the mental health field for over 25 years. Catherine earned her BA in psychology from Spelman College, her Master of Education in Counseling from University of North Texas, and her Master's in Biblical Studies from Grace School of Theology. She's author of God Help Me, I'm Grieving, Finding Healing After Loss. Catherine, it is so good to have you back on Saving Grace. It is always good to be here with you, Carmen. Thank uh, you so much for having me. Well, I just appreciate it so much. I, I know this is a, a serious topic, one that is so important and even more so today than, say, five years ago. Absolutely. I always say these are difficult topic, topics, yeah. but they are necessary topics. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, you know, it's we're parents. It's mm-hmm. normal for teens to be stressed, uh, to have some outbursts of anxiety. <laughs> We've all experienced it, particularly as, you know, as they mature, they take on uh, more responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Hormones begin to, to, <laughs> to catch up in their lives, yes. right? So how are parents to differentiate between just normal stress of growing up and serious depression that needs to be addressed? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And I think a few things, you know, you touched on, you know, when those hormones kick in and, and we, if we're all honest, you know, we have, we've been there, done that. And certainly as parents, we have been there, done Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Got the T-shirt. Yes, got it. But I think that there are some things that parents can be aware of, some things that should really raise the antenna. Um, And so some of those are if teens are starting to isolate from friends, because what we know is during the teenage years, um, even into, you know, to young adulthood, their cohort really is the the center of their world. Mm. And so if teenagers are starting to isolate from friends, um, if they're starting to show a decreased interest in their usual activities. You know, if, mm-hmm. if they were normally going to the movies with friends yeah. or going to the football game or to the soccer game or just hanging out on a weekend, if that was their norm, mm-hmm. but we're starting to see that decreasing mm-hmm. um, at a level that that you're like, well, wait a minute, you're uh, you're not you're not hanging out with you know with John or you haven't you know called to see if Sue wanted to go to the movies with you. Those kinds of things. Right. Um, those are are what I call antenna raising things. Mm-hmm. Certainly. 
any persistent sadness that doesn't abate. You know, again, during those teenage years, hormones are doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Bless their hearts. Um, (laughs) But if we're not seeing Mm. that sadness abate, you know, Mm -hmm. if there are times where they're more sullen or they're more sad or even appear angry, particularly in our boys, because Mm. depression looks different on boys than it does on girls. It It typically looks more like anger and frustration. Um, and so if we're seeing that, but it's not abating, again, mm-hmm. that's a reason to raise the antenna and start asking mm-hmm. some questions. Um, obviously, decreased appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, increased appetite. Now, that can be challenging. Again, mm. we're talking about boys and they hit that growth spurt where, you know, they're eating everything in the pantry. Right. So right. some of this, you, you have to gauge what is my child's normal, you know, kind of what I call their normal get down, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah. And now what am I starting to see where th- things are falling outside of that range? Mm-hmm. I want to pay attention to that. And of course, of course, the same thing with sleep, mm-hmm. trouble sleeping or sleeping too much. Again, during normal teenage years, teenagers tend to sleep. You know, they can sleep all day, every day sure anyway, seems like it, right? as, you know, as they're growing. But again, if that's outside mm-hmm. of even what we as parents would think you sleep all day long. But if yeah. that increases to something that's not my child's norm. So the important thing is to be aware of what's normal for your kid mm-hmm. what what is what's within their parameters of what you know to be their norm and if we start seeing things outside of that I think it's important to start to pay attention to that to start asking questions about that mm-hmm. and then one other thing that I think is really important is if there's alcohol and our drug use mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we are seeing that is an antenna again that's reason to raise the antenna and raise some alarm bells because what that says is there's something it can say a number of things but certainly if they're struggling with some depression obviously we know that teens may use that as a way to mask mm-hmm. and to help them feel better because they don't have healthy coping skills mm-hmm. so I think those are some things that for parents to pay attention to if they're starting to see that and start asking some questions and seeking some additional help. Mm, yes. And I think, you know, we, we it seems that, that young people who are going through a hard time will sort of clam up mm-hmm. and not want to talk. Uh, that's any advice to a parent on how do you get them to open up? Listen. <laughs> You're right. It's a million dollar it, it, question. Yes, it right? is. But, but, it, but I think there there are some things that, that parents can do. And I think one of those things is to start on the front end when children are young, mm-hmm. having that open communication. So that that's one thing. But if for whatever reason parents haven't done that, or if they have and kids are still at the point where I don't want to talk to you, I think it's important to make sure that there are other people in your children's lives who they may not feel comfortable telling you certain things, but you have placed people in their lives, whether it's an aunt or an Mm -hmm. uncle or godparent or grandmother, that through the years you've communicated to them, okay, listen, I know you may not want to tell me anything, but, you know, Aunt Kate is here. You know, grandma is always there. And so... So they, so the child knows these people are here, but they also know the people that mom and dad have placed in my life. It's one of the things I do with my kids. I'd always have, you know who you can go to if you, if you for whatever reason, you just don't want to come to me. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, to the adults, listen, as long as it's not anything that's going to, you know, have me at the hospital or God forbid yeah. the morgue. 
okay, hey, I'm okay with you holding that in confidence, doing what you need to do to help the kid. Yeah. And so I yes. think that's a conversation as well that parents can have with other adults. Absolutely. So making sure you have those types of people in their lives. Yes. You know, I also think, you know, helping kids to put language to what they're feeling. Because sometimes mm. the reason that they, they clam up is because they don't really know what's going on. Okay. And they don't really have the, the verbiage and the language to yeah. explain it in a uh-huh. way uh-huh. that makes sense to them and certainly doesn't make sense to us. So sometimes it can, we have to kind of feed them, you know, the Mm -hmm. words, are you, you know, are you feeling sad? You know, it it appears that, you know, you're a little angry. It looks to me like, you know, so giving them that language to to try and and facilitate those conversations, I think are are good. And then I always say, you know, don't discount prayer, Mm. you know, when they don't want to talk and they appear to clam up, don't discount prayer, praying for them, but also praying with them, even when they don't want you to, even when they think you're weird, you know, or they may roll their eyes, do it anyway. It's okay. Yeah, God yeah. still hears you. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. God's given you that authority and it's like, you go for it, girl. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> what, what have you found in your practice uh, that are some of the common factors uh, mm. that cause stress and anxiety among teens. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, Carmen, you mentioned it. It seems like, and I don't know if it's just because, you know, we're we're older now, we're the adults in the room, but it seems like kids have so much more that they're dealing with. Yes. And I don't know if our parents said that as well, but one of the things that, that are, I think, consistent across the board, school and academic pressure mm. across the board, mm. um, the pressure to perform, the pressure to get the good grades, the pressure to get into the college, the pressure to get into the right college, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. the, the pressure on the football field, the pressure on, you know, to get the scholarship, all of those things, I think that's one reason for the anxiety. Um, another, I think, also is social media. We we really can't discount the impact that social media has on young people's lives. I think mm-hmm. it's a, it can be a wonderful tool, mm-hmm. but we also know that there's a lot of competition, a lot of comparison that happens within social media. And when young people, particularly in those teenage years, again, their cohort, that's, that is what matters to them. Mm -hmm. And so fitting in and having the right thing and looking the right way and people liking me and, you know, clicking the like button and Uh having a certain number of friends and a certain number of followers, because a lot of this is, is what they're seeing from the world. It's what the culture says makes you acceptable and and now says that you're okay and says that you're worthy so i think that's a lot of stress as well Mm -hmm. um stressors within the home um with parents uh divorces separations yes Yes. if if there are parents in the home who may who may themselves be struggling with difficulties with substance misuse if there are parents in the home who are having difficult illnesses if if mom is dealing with breast cancer or dad's dealing with prostate cancer those those things impact our young people and how they move through life. So those are variable stresses. One of the things that I say all the time is that, you know, we have to get away from saying children are resilient, they'll be okay. Well, they are resilient, mm-hmm. but they're not okay. Yes, and we, we yes. have to help them get to okay. I think so often we say children, oh, they're resilient, they'll be fine, and we take our hands mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't always have the coping 
mechanisms to move through the stressors that they're experiencing, financial stressors in the home. And we can't discount what COVID has done the past couple of years. Yes, yes. There, there's literally a, a group of kids who were out, literally out of school two years at a time. Yeah. And some of those children spent all day, every day at home by themselves because mom and dad had to work. Mm-hmm. They did school online. They didn't necessarily have siblings or siblings were at a different school or maybe right, in college. Right. And again, in that period of time where the cohort and friends is so important in that socialization piece. So all of those are things that I think have led to and do lead to an increased level of anxiety and depression within our young people. No doubt about it. And then I think about how these young people have now gone back maybe to school mm-hmm. and they're behind. Yes. And they're having to try to catch to up. Play catch so up. what was already difficult for them has become more difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, it seems also that there has been a rise uh, in in the the depression and Mm -hmm. and suicide rates uh so these things that you've just talked about do you feel those are the cause are there additional cultural issues that perhaps are causing uh, depression i do i think it's a lot of the things that that i talked about Mm -hmm. um i do think there's there's an element to to the depression i think it boils down to um our young people i do think there's a societal piece um not being given the healthy coping tools and the healthy mechanisms to help them deal with with what is life and what is mm. what is natural disappointments and hurts yes. and frustrations yes. that we all experience um I yeah. think that's where we, as as what I call always call the adults in the room, have to have conversations with them, not from a stance of, mm-hmm. oh, this is life, get over it. Mm-hmm. But these are things that you will encounter in life. Let me help you understand how to move through this. Let me mm. give you some tools to help you move through. And then I think there's something very, um, very important about being transparent with young people yes, and letting yes. them know that. You know, we didn't wake up like this. You know, we we struggled with some things as well. Of course. Um, We had difficult seasons. Um, There were things that were challenging for us during during our childhood years. And but I think it's important that when we do that, Mm -hmm. we share it from the lens of not of well, I went through that and you're going to be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. fine. Get over it. Yeah. But share it from a lens of trying to connect and say, hey, you know. I get that this hurts, you know, I get that it's that it's hard Mm -hmm. when you go through a breakup, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and you think you're in love. I get Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's tough trying to apply to these colleges. And, you know, I I know that it's hard when, you know, dad has to work and can't make it to your game. I identifying with them in that way. So they they don't look at us as like, okay, well, they don't know what they're talking about. They've got it all Mm -hmm. together. They don't understand me. Mm -hmm. Or they're too busy. And they're too busy. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. You know, I, I, I read some in one of the articles that uh, how parents think, treat, or talk about depression mm. is significant in shaping the teen's approach to depression. Do you agree with that? And, I, I do. Yeah. I absolutely do. And I, I think, you know, we have to be careful in communicating with our young people that in the same way that we would respond if our child came home and said, hey, mom, I keep having these headaches, mm-hmm. you know, or hey, mom, you know, I'm I'm, in, I'm sitting in class and I'm trying to, you know, read the projector and it's really blurry to me or hey, mom, you know, I was at practice today and I got hit and my knee is hurting now. We would we would do 
something. Yes, we would yes. bare minimum call the PCP, uh-huh, you know, say, well, uh-huh. let me get you in for a visit. Let me let me let someone take a look at that because that's not our area of expertise. And we recognize, well, your head shouldn't be hurting all the time. Right, and right. You, sh- you shouldn't be blurry when you look at the projector and your knee shouldn't be hurting. Yeah. So the same is true. I think we have to do the same thing when our kids are struggling with Mm. depression and their emotional responses and go, okay, let me take a closer look at this. Let's go talk to somebody and see what's there. Is there something underneath? Um, And being honest about it, I think we have to be careful. And part of this is, you know, Carmen, just the whole stigma with mental health in general. Of course. And so we have to make sure that we're we're using language that is not demeaning, that causes a young person to think that there's something wrong with them right right um, or that they are somehow less than or mm. not value or they're broken yes but that there's something we need to handle okay there's this piece that may not be working quite right all right mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. let's go see what we need to do again in the same way that if you came home from track practice and told me you were having trouble breathing, yes. you're going to go see the doctor. Oh, so you have asthma. That means we need to get you an inhaler. That's okay. right. That's right. That's right. And you and you are struggling with depression. Exactly. So, yeah, there's help for that. There's help for that. Yeah. Just just like you would treat a cold or all these other exactly. things like you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so, so critical. Yeah. So critical. Uh, you know, I think that this, the stigma is, is serious because I think children feel like... Because they've heard. Mm-hmm. If I have to go to a counselor, that means, well, I'm going to use the word because yeah. kids will use it. Yeah. I'm crazy. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And and certainly that is not the case. Absolutely. So we have to make them feel comfortable Absolutely. with this. I'm crazy. Right? I'm yeah. weak. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't use the word depression, mm-hmm. but it certainly talks about troubles, despair, brokenhearted, yeah. anxiety, all of those things. Uh, how might parents use scriptures or mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. like uh, Elijah, David, yep. oh my goodness, yep. uh, to really help them to see that this has always been an issue, but there's always a, an answer from the Lord from it. Absolutely. I think that's that's a great question. And, and I, I refer to to folks in the Bible, I refer to them as our faith siblings. And so I think it's important. I learned that from Carmen, um, from actually from, oh gosh, I'm blocking on it, but I'll tell you in just a second. Um, That's going to bother me. But anyway, so we, I refer to them as our faith siblings. And so inspire women. There it is. Oh, yes. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. So it's important that we help our young people understand that these are examples of real life people mm-hmm. who lived a real life, who experienced real things, and therefore real emotions. And so they they are you, you are them. Uh-huh. Um, and so in that way, once we can help them connect and it doesn't seem like, you know, these mystical, magical folks that are just out there that I'm reading in this yeah. book that my parents make me read on Sunday when I go to Sunday school. Yeah, yeah that I have no connection to, but helping them see them as real yes. life people. Yes. Now it doesn't seem so far. Oh, okay. So David struggled with this. Yeah. And like you said, Elijah struggled with yes. this. And oh, by the way, Jesus got sad too. And uh-huh. oh, by the way, he cried too. Yeah. So making it real for them, mm-hmm. I think is really important. And then also helping them understand that emotions are not a sin. Oh, that, yes. That God, he created us with these emotions Mm -hmm. and 
I, the scripture I, I love to go back to because we hear it all the time, you know, be angry, but don't sin. He didn't say not to be angry. Right. He right. said, don't sin mm-hmm. when you are angry. So the issue isn't the emotion. Is The issue isn't the emotion that you feel. Mm-hmm. The, issue is what, the issue is what do you do? What is the response when you have the emotion? Yes. And so that's what I believe we have to teach our young people. How, what do I do when I feel this way? What do mm. I do? When I'm sad, when I'm angry, when I'm frustrated, when I feel overwhelmed or out of control, what do I do mm-hmm. in a healthy way that's going to help me move through whatever it is I'm experiencing? So I think those, you know, folks in the Bible are awesome examples because we can just walk all the way through. I mean, just yeah. pick a book, any book, if you will, yes. and, and show them, hey, this is this is scripture and this yeah. this is was a real life person and in the same and then using it in the same way that God was able to mm. help restore heal deliver whatever yes. word we want to use yes. he can and will do the same for you mm-hmm. so i think it's a, it's a beautiful moment to disciple oh, you know, my goodness. And, and teach our young people absolutely i i agree i just think to be able to say hey let's let's sit down because i know it, you know it, elijah went through some difficult yeah. times let's see how he handled it exactly and, uh, and then let's pray that the Lord would help you in the same way. So it gives you a great opportunity to to also show just the relevance of God in right. our lives today. Exactly. Uh, not that, because we do know sometimes mm-hmm. that there may be there may be a need for medication. Absolutely. Talk about that as well. Yeah. See, Carmen, you're going to get me started on my soapbox. <laughs> so here's it. Again, I, I use the same example as, as physical health. Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I use this pointedly. If your child comes and says, hey, mom, my chest is hurting. Yeah. You know, more than one or two times, mm-hmm. we're going to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And if the doctor finds out that there's that there's a a heart, a structural heart issue, something going on, and that requires medication for their heart to perform the way that God intended it to, Mm -hmm. they're going to take that medication. You're going to go to CVS, Walgreens, wherever the case may be, and pick up that prescription. In the same way that if they're struggling with their emotional health, God really did create us like literally from head to toe. And he didn't just start at the neck down. And so everything that happens within our brain and with our emotions connected to that, he's concerned about. Mm -hmm. And so there are times when we may need something to help regulate that, to help it perform the way that he originally intended, because Mm -hmm. we have to keep in mind the reason that any of this is here is because we're still living, we're living in this sinful fallen world. Yes. So therefore we may need something to help us function in the way that God ultimately wants us to. So yes, yes, yes. Medication may be needed. Sometimes it's not in much the same way that with some physical ailments Mm -hmm. may not need to start with medication, may not need to do that initially. Maybe there are other things that we can do with diet and exercise and and all of those wonderful things. But I think it's important not to write it off. I agree. It is okay. And the other concern that I Mm -hmm. have is if the parents uh, think, well, no, we're not going to get medication. Mm -hmm. That's not a, you know, we don't do that. Yeah. Again, there may be friends who are taking medication for depression, and it's like, well, I'll take some of my oh, friends' medication, yes. and that's where we can get into some serious just, issues absolutely. physically. Yes, as well. yes, yes. That's an excellent point um, because we know 
young people they experiment with experiment with things and yes. we know that they do talk to their friends yes and I, I agree with you that that can certainly be one of the dangers in and not being open at least to have mm-hmm. that conversation about medication how it can help because it may not mean forever it may yeah. only mean for a spot of time that mm-hmm. the medication is needed yes yes so, definitely yes. yeah all right uh Obviously, we would like to help parents prevent those times of mm. depression and anxiety. No doubt, uh, children are all going to, to go through phases and mm-hmm. uh, emotions, etc. cetera. Uh, how would you suggest parents begin building, pouring into their children's lives where they might avoid some of these more serious bouts of depression? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it it does, it truly does begin from the womb. (laughs) I think we're we're finding that out more and more, that Mm -hmm. it it starts from from ground zero, if you will. Talking to children, I I think it's twofold, speaking God's word over them Mm. and speaking God's word to them. And at the same time, helping them understand um, what I'll call the snares of of living in the world that we live in and being honest about those things. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay for parents to be honest about the struggles that are out there and having conversations with kids about that and saying, hey, you may come up against this. And so let's talk about, you know, if this happens, what do you think would be Mm -hmm. a good response? So a lot of asking questions, listening to their responses, trying not to jump in too much right um doing a whole lot of listening and biting your tongue because what we want to try and do is build within them the ability to make those decisions Mm -hmm. obviously we want to guide and and mold and and shape that yes but we want to help them be able to make some of those decisions for themselves of course given the right grounding and so if they've got scripture they've got what mom and dad have told me is right and things that i need to do then i can make some of those decisions for myself Mm -hmm. but i think it 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 starts with communication it starts Mm -hmm. with listening um it starts with surrounding them with people who have the same um, spiritual slant that you do so mm-hmm. that when they when they are talking to other people, they're getting the same message. Oh, it may important. look different. Yeah. You know, it may come a yeah. different way, but the core of the message is the same. You know, yes, Uncle yes. John may be more fun when he talks to me about <laughs> it, but he's telling me the same thing. Uh-huh. Ultimately. Uh-huh. So I think that's key oh, when, when we're trying to, to set this path for our young people. Yes, yes. And one other thing was that transparency you Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier about your own failings, your own struggles, so that they know you're real. And hey, I can go to mom because she dealt with this. Exactly. I I say to my kids, I was like, listen, I have not always been the Sunday school teacher. Okay. (laughs) Right. So and and being able to do that. And and again, sharing it in a way and obviously age appropriate. Yes. But but communicating that to them so they do get, okay, maybe mom does get it. Maybe, Maybe mom, maybe dad really does understand understand what I'm going through. Okay, yeah. Dad, let me tell you this. Yes, yes. That sort of thing. Awesome. Oh, this has been great. This I wish we had a I couple know. more we hours. We keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, for you, sharing Carmen. your heart, your excellent insights, which we, we all need today. I encourage you, our listeners, to check out our program notes. You're going to find more information about Katherine Barner, her book, 
her good work here at Grace School of Theology through the Grace Center for Spiritual Development Counseling Institute. You can check that out. We invite you to check out the many courses offered through our degrees program at Grace School of Theology or for those simply wanting to know and love our Savior more deeply. Check out our Grace Center for Spiritual Development. You'll find information at our website at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. So glad you tuned in today. Please tell others about Saving Grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.